Welcome back to Beggar's Bread, our season finale, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name, still inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we talk about the forgotten sin. And again, it's Luke here in Wisconsin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick, down in uh, North Carolina. Or I guess it's not really down in North Carolina. It's just something we say, you know, like we just think of the South as like a gradation lower, but that doesn't actually make any sense. I once had this South up map, like, have you, you know, how, like maps are always North up. Anyway, you can check it out on Amazon or the Google or whatever you use for consuming things randomly on the internet uh today we're talking about greed the forgotten sin um we're getting it from a sermon by tim keller um and there's uh nick have you ever heard of tim keller i don't remember if i told you about him i know i i don't know did you hear about him before i just started you know being like tim keller's the best (laughs) tim keller's a guy no you definitely told me about him but i'd heard of him and i actually had read one of his books I think unknowingly in middle school. So I didn't know actually who he was at the time in which I was reading it. Cause I think it was recommended for some sort of discipleship now weekend extravaganza thing or whatever. So I think that was the first experience I had. And I want to say it was his more popular book called the reason for God, which I remember absolutely nothing of. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I think that is one of his more popular ones. That makes, that makes sense. Um, well, today we're we're actually talking about one of his sermons. Um, it's actually from the, I believe it's the 90s. Let me pull it up to see the, the date. But he talks yeah, I about... Yeah, it's 99. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. Boom. Because I just listened to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's called Treasure Versus Money. Do I have that right? Yeah, Treasure Versus Money. Tim Keller. I should probably have this prepared ahead of time. But anyway, uh, so he uh, talks late. about... <laughs> he talks about greed and there's well again we're always trying not to spoil it but we do want to talk about it and there's one point that really sticks with me every time i've listened to this probably about i don't know four or five times over the last five years and he talks about how each saturday he's like a part of a men's group where he's going over the different like deadly sins and his wife is like, hey, when are you studying greed? Or I think she says, like, what are you studying this Saturday? And he's like, greed. And she's like, watch, no one will show up. And then no one shows up. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that was that's crazy to think about because he's he's kind of dissecting this passage where Jesus talks about if you're if your eyes are right, then like your whole body will be right. And um that really blew me away. But I don't know. What what do you think about Nick? What tell us uh tell us your great wisdom, your great reflection. Great reflection, yeah. Well, I did have like a side note because I had heard, um, as far as like his discussion or as you talked about Jesus and eyes and light, I had actually heard something from like a historian regarding the first century perspective of like eyes and how they're actually like understood to emanate light outward rather than receive. So it was kind of like the eyes were the reflection of your inward character. So it wasn't necessarily just about being like doing good, but being good. So it was very interesting comparison. And it still ties in well, I think, to what he was talking about inevitably with 
the blinders and I think for Americans the cultural blinders that we have um just within the church too as it relates to like materialism and how it's so pervasive within culture that we don't tend to see it or even in many ways talk about it yeah and I think that that's really interesting I've never heard that explained before that way um with the eyes reflecting what is inside that's very interesting um and I think your last point about how like it's so pervasive is a it's a great kind of deterrent from talking about it because it's kind of tricky to even know like how do we talk about it what's greed and what's like normal uh living (laughs) I feel like whenever I think of greed I normally think of like a spectrum of consumption but I don't know if it's just about like the actual amount of things you consume as much as it also includes like our position toward things. But in any case, uh, this sermon brought to mind uh, a couple verses, especially one that is often used. Um, Not that greed is always directly correlated with withholding money from the poor. Um, Certainly it can be tied to it. And so I, I thought of this passage Sometimes when people are talking about greed or consumerism or whatever, whatever have you, what's appropriate, people will be saying, well, Jesus says the poor you will always have with you. And if you're not familiar with that passage, um, basically there was a woman who she had this very expensive perfume. And this is like a very, very distilled version of the story. She pours it on Jesus's feet um, as a way of like worship toward him. And then Jesus' disciples, particularly one, the guy who actually betrayed him, who was in charge of the money, says, Hey, what are you doing? This is wasting this perfume. We could have sold this perfume and and given the money to the poor. Ironically, because he's actually just thinking about the money for himself, we're told by the scriptures. Um, And then Jesus says, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. So sometimes when we're talking about money, that verse is brought up to justify um, being inwardly focused and almost the sense of like we don't need to help poor people or sometimes this sense of uh the best way to help poor people is to not help poor people um because jesus is like oh yeah you'll always have poor people so like oh yeah okay we need to you know force people to work for themselves by not helping them but i there's, there's this very important like reference in scripture that jesus is actually referring to and it's in deuteronomy chapter 15 I would highly recommend reading Deuteronomy chapter 15 in its entirety, just, or you can start at verse 15 if you want to just get the gist of this part. But if, if you are influenced by that verse where you had previously interpreted it as Jesus saying, basically like, ah, don't worry about poor people. Um, because in Deuteronomy 15, um, we get some rules where God, this is back in the old Testament. God is talking to the Israelites uh, saying, hey, follow these rules. There's a lot of rules, a lot of commandments. Um, specifically, this one, he's talking about canceling debts um, every seven years. And he says in verse four, or I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 15. I said verse 15, chapter 15, verse four. He says, however, there need be no poor among you. And the chapter actually progresses through this kind of like optimism or at least this i would say realism if you are actually if the israelites actually follow god's commands and it progresses down to verse seven and instead of saying there need be no poor among you 
it says, if anyone is poor among you, fellow Israelites, um, and he tells them to be um, open-handed and not tight-fisted. And then finally, at at verse 11, it progresses to almost like a pessimism or a real sober look where God is basically just being very real with the Israelites, like, you're not actually going to follow my commands. So there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. So when Jesus is alluding to these, this chapter, he's not using it as an excuse to say, oh, we don't care about poor people. Um, we just want perfume on our feet. No, he, he's, he's saying, I am God and I'm with you. She's done this beautiful thing of worship. And basically, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to help poor people. Um, so I just wanted to kind of break down those verses because I know I had never known that that was referring to Deuteronomy when I read that in Matthew chapter 26. Um, I think it may be in Mark as well, but uh, I was just using Matthew 26 to quote from verse 11, the poor you always have with you until I actually studied uh, poverty and how American evangelicals view poverty for a time when I was in college as an internship. And I don't know how many books I read on poverty, but I, I never would have connected that until I can't even tell you what book it was. Maybe I'll find out and the next couple of weeks, but, um, that made that connection for me. And I, it never occurred to me. Um, but I don't know, had you, had anyone ever connected that for you before this, Nick? Not necessarily to the old Testament. Um, which is why I definitely want to read more of Richard Hayes's echoes of, I want to say scripture in the gospels, which is a pretty, I think, well-known work as it relates to tying old testament and new testament together or particularly like the gospels together um yeah so no, it's definitely new to me i don't know who richard hayes is who's that guy uh, i believe he's another new testament scholar that i know he's worked with nt wright who's also a new testament scholar theologian and uh anglican bishop i believe and i want to say he still teaches at oxford university but i know they did a recent collab i guess you would say on the New Testament and its world, which is kind of like a that textbook I was reading back when we were. That's I right. Say, I think it was. Yeah, for context. Because no one else knows this, but I, I I'll break about your reading habits. So we're just like I was just like, oh my gosh, Nick. So N.T. Wright was recommended by a podcast that Nick and I listened to, The Holy Post. We recommended it on episode two of this season, and. It's like a almost like a full compilation of N.T. Wright's works, and Nick just bought it and read it. Like, it's like a textbook. And I'm just like, who does this? <laughs> so for context, when Nick talks about N.T. Wright, he's actually read, like, the textbook. <laughs> I read a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help that I bought his collection of scholarly articles that he handpicked out from, you know, journals over the last like 40 years. So that's not good for me either. Cause I'm like, well now my head hurts. It's fine. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, understandable. I just remember when I would have breaks cause I was working from home, I'd walk down and be like, Oh, you are seriously reading this. So anyway, back to greed, everyone's favorite topic. Um, I really like our co-listener this week. Um, it's it's scott from minnesota uh thank you scott for doing the the co-listening he says tim keller does an excellent job pointing out to believers the dangers of materialism and greed in a way that is convicting and encouraging it is an important gut check to american christians in particular 
If we truly take the gospel to heart and live it out, what implications does that have with the way I spend my money? What changes? Are my priorities in line? As a follower of Christ, we need to ask these questions. And I think as the first co-listener to include questions in his review slash trailer, I think that's very fitting for thinking about greed because it's, it is a really big topic because our society is very monetized. It, it's, it's a big question. Um, like I know right now I've been applying to some jobs and part of me, I'm applying to some nonprofit jobs where I won't be making as much money, but I would be able to be directly helping people that are in need through my work. And I'm also applying to jobs that are for profit and have nothing to do with helping people directly, but then I'll be making more money. So there's this question of, oh, which one is less greedy? And I think instead of making it that basic, I think it's more, how do I be generous in each of these different settings? Um, but I don't know. I, do you have thoughts about the, the nuance of thinking about greed in our society, Nick? Well, I thought that that point that you just touched on there, you know, trying to decide where where your work and where kind of your efforts lie in. Um, some of the, I want to say Paul talked about at some point in Ephesians where he's saying, you know, thieves need to give up stealing and then the purpose of their labor is so that they have something to share with the needy. And so there's something already like self-sacrificial in work and like the purpose of work um, to the glory of God always, but also that of the benefiting of the other too. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Ephesians 4, I just searched it while you were talking. He says, anyone has who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands. But they may have something to share with those, in need, that they may have something to share with those in need. Um, that's interesting. I wasn't even thinking about uh, thieving from people, but that is an interesting thing to link to greed. And, yeah. and I would say something that like Tim Keller challenge like really challenges the listener to is um, the question of like what what is the standard of giving and of course like he alludes to the the cross directly and how how self sacrificial that is and if Jesus ultimately is the treasure then and I think this is the quote you'll be giving away your money joyfully deliberately happily um, and that's the reason why he says the church was so successful. Uh, historically, at least in the first century, was because they, and he like he described it as being like, um, how do you say it? he's share like sharing our table with all promiscuously to the extent that we're giving so freely freely that that's how they define um, who we are in the community, which I thought was very, very thought provoking. Yes, yes, and giving is so linked to greed. It's like this flip mentality and i think even even like when we have discussions about is my tithe supposed to be off of my net paycheck or my gross paycheck i think the answer that i've come to eventually is my goal with giving is to grow in giving i'm um, not necessarily grow in the sense of like oh i make more money next year so then 10 percent of the same like net or gross will be more but i want to actually grow my posture toward giving, meaning I want to move regardless of what what's correct, the net or gross paycheck. I want to move first. I want to, 
I want to get to that net paycheck and then I want to get to that gross paycheck and then I want to get beyond that. Um, because I think that's honestly, that's way more exciting in life. If you have that mentality of, I, I want to give to people, but that, I mean, I don't know. That's just to, just to rest, rest people's, uh, any anxieties that Nick and I are going through greed way too quickly. Like there's so many things like capitalism and things and, and how do we grapple with these big topics? We will, we will definitely Human return flourishing. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll definitely be returning to this topic in, in future seasons as well. Um, I mean, I did study economics and Nick studied social work. So we got lots of thoughts about, you know, how society works with money. Um, but yeah, maybe get some MLK junior sermons in here about capitalism. <laughs> That that would be interesting. <laughs> I I must confess I haven't listened to a lot of his sermons about that, so you'll have to. Well, I guess I should take the onus and research it. But any, I mean, we might just do a recommendation for a future episode. Who knows? <laughs> indeed. Well, with that, um, we are closing out our first season, so we do want to invite you. Of course, if you want to check out our Patreon, we have a couple episodes in season one that are available now, um, and in season two, we will be quickly releasing a couple of episodes. Um, also, if you'd like to be a co-listener where you're saying, Hey, I'd like to hear the resource first and then, you know, give them my thoughts, go ahead and shoot us an email or an Instagram post or comment. Um, we have those links in the show notes. And finally, just as a trailer for season two, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to be talking about mental health, uh, conspiracy theories. We'll be talking about fasting. Uh, we'll be talking about what else are we talking about, Nick? Uh, Without I want to giving... say one of the bonus episodes is going to deal with ableism. Yes, that's right. Ableism. Um, another one will... Bringing in some of those film references. Yes. Yeah, I think we'll have our first book recommendation in season two. Um, so we'll have we'll have a lot of new things. Um, any other trailer you want to add, Nick? Or otherwise, I, I think that's pretty much it for our finale. Yeah, pretty much. I would say at least like... If you haven't subscribed to Patreon, check out. I am a big fan of the second episode that we um, premiered, which I want to say is coming up. It'll be sometime. It might have actually been earlier this month. And so yep. I think it's just yeah. really good. It's really insightful regarding African history, heritage, distortion of history, and um, just kind of the, the legacy of african-american history that or just african history in general that is really important to know and as far as like global concerns are there and just for americans as well indeed well thank you all for joining us for season one of beggar's bread uh we're gonna take a, a short couple week break and we'll be back with you in january of 2021 with season two see you then